0: All right, we're back. Episode 8. Bloody hell, cracking through them. Episode 8, Clinch Perfect. Here with Tom, as always, the MMA Oracle, the expert to my casual. How you doing, mate?
1: How are you doing, mate? Actually, before we get started, I have a bone to pick with you. So, uh, listeners, for, the, for those of you who don't know, um, we tend, we, we, made, we made a goal of putting it up. I think it was on Tuesday. Again, I've forgotten. But last week, a, a little, poor Tom was um, absolutely knackered. And so I messaged Ben being like, oh, can we delay it? And his precise words were, no, suck it up, you little pussy. So uh,
0: I don't think that's that. If you want to know
1: the reasons why this podcast is delayed, well, I, I'm looking right at him.
0: <laughs> Mate, I was knackered. <laughs> <laughs> I got I no, got no so other funny. excuse. I was knackered. I had a long day at work. I'd been for a run, which we, we spoke about this last week. I've started running again. Yeah, very, very have... tiring, not enjoying it. Was it. Fitness not enjoying this fitness thing dropped off on Ben for some reason. Yeah, I know. It's mad. <laughs> Well, I don't want the gyms to open back up and me to walk into the gym and die within like 10 minutes, because that's what would have that's happened if I just, McGee, like, just left it. I just want shit.
1: to see you in rolling with someone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into uh, UFC 259, shall we? Got a lot to crack through, so um, we're a little bit late to the party talking about 259, but we can't not talk about it. It was so good. Oh, am I lost connection to Tom there? You there, mate?
1: Oh my God, internet just like shatters.
0: Oh, there you go. You're there.
1: Might as well just shut itself. Sorry, let's start
0: again. Little, uh, <laughs> little internet shitting itself. Now we're all good. We can we'll sure? continue. <laughs> we can, we'll cut it out in the edit. We'll cut it out in the edit. Um, we'll edit. <laughs> <laughs> so Trevin Jones started us off. We were just talking about this before we started recording. That it was probably one of the best prelims we've seen in a long, long time. Trevin Jones starting off with a huge KO. Um, I, I felt kind of embarrassed after the last last week's pod because I said, "Oh, Trevin Jones is going to win this easy," and I hadn't actually looked at the fight beforehand. And then I went away and looked after the pod and was like, "Oh shit, he's a huge underdog." But he did win easily.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, he, he upset the odds quite literally. Stood so his ground, held firm. And completely stashed him. Like
0: he kind of rem- reminded me a little bit of Chaos Williams, the way he, yeah. the way he throws his punches. I know it's just like their stance in the in the way they stand there when they're boxing. It's a lot. Li- I, I don't know. It's like serious Chaos Williams vibe. Maybe he doesn't have quite the uh, the Chaos power, but um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, what what I was thinking when he was when I was watching him, and then he. Basically, prove that prove that comparison to be true with the uh, with the knockout.
1: Yeah, I mean, like he kind of set the tone early on, but Bautista had a couple of moments. But the more the fight dragged on, I was like, oh no, nah. like Jones has kind of got this in the bag. And I mean, I, don't, I I I wish I kind of like looked at Bautista a bit more properly. Like I think you said earlier that his record's a bit padded, um, and I, I I'm inclined to agree. Like with the um, performances that he's put on in the past it was nothing what i expected in, in the cage um and maybe it was a maybe it was a step too fast too soon um but either way like Jones to get back in the win column was great for his confidence
0: yeah, and to yeah, open the, the card the like, last one stripped for the uh yeah, exactly test, which is just bullshit
1: <laughs> but it's it's like i don't know it's, it's a great way to open the uh, cracking card with like absolute banger and it, it got it i mean I'd, I'd argue it got better from there on like i was really impressed with Euros Medic.
0: yeah medich I'd, i've got a stat here i was going to read out for you um he's landed 87 strikes in three minutes and 52 seconds of fight time across that fight and across the contender series fight that he had and he's been hit twice 87 I mean, like, to 2.
1: The, 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 the trains at king's mma i'm not surprised like their striking is levels above a lot of other gyms and he carries a lot of power in those hands. Like, I felt a bit sorry for Cruz, really. But I want to pitch something to you, right? I've got an idea. This is I mean, it's far off from the future. It's, it's way too way too early for now. But this is gonna be absolutely stupid, with, isn't it? Imagine the fight <laughs> with him and Rafael Fiziev. Can you just imagine the
0: fireworks? <laughs> He's huge, by the way, for his weight class. Medic. Holy fuck, the guy's big. Manage. And Cruz like, was coming up coming up a weight class as well, so that certainly didn't help him. He yeah, tried I to think... grapple when he got in trouble and he just couldn't even Oh, by the way, that stoppage! What the fuck? That was terrible. <laughs> I think I tweeted on on our clinch perfect account, like Mark Smith. What the hell are you doing? And then it went on for another like two minutes after I tweeted that. It like it just didn't stop.
1: Bonkers, isn't it? I I, I have a bit of a bad to pick with Mark Smith, but we'll, we'll address that later on. But
0: seems uh, like the uh, refing gets worse every week at the moment. <laughs> I know, and I don't understand how. Like, these are much the, of
1: the the top. Of, I don't want to slag them all off because I think Mark Goddard, for instance, is incredibly talented, but yeah, some of them are a bit past the peak, I think.
0: Amanda Limos also uh, continued the KO train. Her uh, striking looked absolutely insane. I mean, Lavinia Souza was a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. I, I thought she would try and initiate grappling immediately and try and get that to the ground. Um, I mean, Limos is a good grappler as well, but just standing there with her back to the cage, getting pummeled by Lemos, getting picked apart, basically, was uh, not the brightest game plan, if I'm honest, from, uh, from Souza. Sean Brady, absolute beast. Uh, I think there was some question marks. People were saying maybe Jake Matthews is a bit of a live live dog here to to get an upset based on experience. Um, I know he's he's only like 26 now, but he's been in the UFC what feels like forever. Uh, but yeah, Sean, I mean, Jesus, that like there's levels, as we always say, there's levels. And he showed that Matthews is a decent, you know, to good grappler and Brady is a fucking elite grappler.
1: With some respect on Sean Brady's name, man. Like he stepped it up a gear, right? Like, I think people knew he was good but I don't think they realised how good he was and that arm triangle was just I mean it wasn't really even it. the right angle to get
0: no. it in there yeah, just absolute ridiculous squeeze and, and the, the and the transitions he made
1: on the ground like switching position and, and just keeping Matthews like firmly on the mat that's not easy to do like Matthews has looked good recently like, well,
0: Matthews showed good defence within that fight even as good as mm. Brady was like there were times where you know you thought maybe Brady was going to sneak a sub in there and Matthews his experience is good like you say
1: but the, the reversal roles as well—that was something I was really impressed with. And he just showed really good fight IQ for someone who's like—I think he's like what 14, 14 and 0. i really want to see him push him up the rankings a bit more. Like I feel like he's good enough. Paul Felder sings his praises highly, and he trains like a good gym. So I'm—I'm really—I'm really the thing I'm, I'm most excited about it as well is his striking. Like he didn't really get to see much of it against Matthews, but he has decent hands as well. And I mean, welterweight is just crazily stacked. That's so, what well, I was going
0: to ask you about next. Was uh, he called out Robbie Lawler and Lee Li Liang after the fight? The Leech, uh, we know the Leech just absolutely destroyed Ponzinibbio, which was a little bit depressing. But I don't, I don't think I want to see Sean Brady demolish Robbie Lawler. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. I don't think I want to see the ruthless Robbie still lives strong in my heart, and I don't really want to see that. I'd rather see him fight the Leech.
1: I think the Leech would be about a better litmus test, anyway.
0: Yeah, I like... think Lawler is kind of done, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It'll It'd be a happen. better name for him, obviously, in terms of getting that name on, so, you know, getting a little bit of uh, hype on the hype, a bit, bit more hype on the hype train, I should say, because there already is a, a lot of excitement around Brady. Um, another, another person who there's a lot of excitement about, or was a lot of excitement about, Carlos Solberg. What a fucking disappointment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've written him on, I was I literally writing my notes. So I was like, he rocked Big Ken <laughs> early on with a head kick. You're not going to go um, for
0: Enzekuku.
1: No, mate, I'm not even going to. I've been it.
0: practicing <laughs> since last week after I had an absolute nightmare.
1: Yeah, I'm just not. I'm, I'm not even going to try and save myself the embarrassment. But yeah, it, I think his low guard was just so stupid. Um,
0: well, and he had his chin way up in the yeah. air.
1: Yeah. Well, a uh, straight line as well. Yeah, but, didn't move I don't know, his, like, so apart I think, from
0: not moving his not moving his head off the center line, having his chin way up in the air, and having his hands real low, apart from that, his defense was great.
1: I think in, <laughs> I think in his defense, like he, rock, he like he probably could have put Kennedy away at the start when he rocked him with the head kick, but he didn't capitalize. Like he kind of, I think his cardio really affected him. I don't know. If yeah, a, like, a
0: lesser fighter he would have put away right off the bat. Yeah, um, you know, Kennedy, it. Kennedy it showed bit... his experience because you know he does mm. have more experience than Olberg. Obviously, not a lot, but compared to him. And, but it's uh, also
1: good to see as well, like, Kennedy kind of, again, not, not, I sort of get the respect, but, like, get himself back on track.
0: Like, yeah, I love when a, a fighter who's kind of, well, it's this exact situation, basically, when you've got a, a hype train that hasn't really proved anything and is a massive favourite. I think Aldo was, like, a one to three favourite. And then the guy who no one's talking about just wins, not easily, obviously. It was a great fight, but, like, wins convincingly, I'll say. Convincingly.
1: Yeah, and he, uh, not that he was money on the mic, but he was so well-spoken. Like Kennedy doesn't really trash talk, and I kind of I like that about him. He's sort of like this like dark horse in the division. Um, and I, I, I kind of I lost to lost Paul Craig's side. I mean, we said that about Ankulaev, right? Ankulaev lost to Paul Craig. Anyone can lose to Paul Craig. Yeah, <laughs> and you can go on and like put together a ridiculous run and still end up fighting. I kind of feel like Kennedy can do the same. If he can sort out... I think his slow starts could hurt him as he goes... Higher up the rankings, but against someone like an Allberg it paid off. Um, but again, for like for me, this was like one of the most exciting fights on the card. Like I found that like I was. I loved it. It was just pure entertainment from start to finish, quite literally.
0: You <laughs> we were, we were talking about um, Kennedy on the mic. We forgot to talk about Medich on the mic. Did you see oh, his first was... interview? He was like, whoa, Joe Rogan, I love you, man. He thanked him for his win. He said, thanks, Joe, for my win.
1: <laughs> the Church of Joe is crying.
0: <laughs> and then I think he ended, he signed off his interview by saying, um, train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, which I don't know, some people might have found a little bit cringe, but I thought it was just nice to see like a guy with like no like no negative vibes at all, no ego, no nothing. Like he was just excited to be there, excited to be on the big stage, excited to prove that he belonged there. Um, and yeah, t- you know, speaking of post-fight interviews, we're gonna give a shout out to that. Um, what what do you want to see next for for Kennedy? Because I was looking at the rankings and and one I picked out was Kutalaba. I think that could be a bit of a banger.
1: He's yeah, obviously that- coming
0: off technically two losses because of the losses to Ankalaev.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I uh, I think that would make sense again not that it's like history repeating itself but if you look at what Uncle I did he lost to Paul Craig and then built himself back up kind of thing that would make a lot of sense Um let me just take a look at Angolive real quick where is Kennedy oh wait hang on I mean to be fair I mean it's only like a couple of places high, so that probably wouldn't make much sense but like Cleo Roundtree would be fun <laughs> Um
0: Prackney, I was another one I looked at who just beat Roundtree
1: yeah yeah who was, who, Although who I feel great. like
0: Kennedy against Pracknell could turn into a, a fight similar to the Roundtree fight, where it's just super slow and neither of them really want to engage. Whereas that wouldn't Maybe happen Kirsten against a. Maybe
1: Abreu, just because of like the position. I don't I quite got
0: any existed. Not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Herman, that may be another one. I don't know. It depends. I'm still mad at like, him
0: for ruining Mike Rodriguez.
1: Depends how far they want to push him up. Because, like uh, for instance, like a, the lead say wouldn't make much sense because he's 8 like, I And he's got actually, a fight book, which yeah, we're exactly. going to talk
0: about in about 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, let me have a look. Alonso Menifield, that'd be fun. But I think he's also got a fight book, doesn't he? Or he's just
0: Yeah, that yeah. one cancelled with William Knight, but I think they are planning to rebook it. So maybe yeah. the winner of that. Um, I think Knight's ranked right next to Kennedy, so maybe the winner of I that. I mean,
1: yeah, that'd be pure fight works, so I'm all up for that. <laughs>
0: Anyway, speaking of um, forgetting they existed, Jordan Espinosa fought <laughs> Tim Elliott. That was the, by far the, the worst fight on the prelims. But there was a little bit of fun in there with uh, Tim Elliott basically calling the guy a wife-beater on live national TV. And the UFC like, bl- tried to bleep it out, but they didn't really manage to get it in time. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a good moment. I think it was end of the second round, was it? Elliott was, I mean, he, he was all over him for most of the fight, like a rash. We know what Elliott can do to someone who's below his level grappling wise and that's exactly what he did. And he was lying on top of him and he like, Oh, you're a wife beater, huh? I heard your girl messaged me. She told she told me you're a wife beater or something like that. And uh Espinosa with a forearm on his neck was like, you don't know the full story. <laughs> and Such Develia, good impression <laughs> coldest, coldest line of the night was like, I know enough. Bitch.
1: Um, me, that that fight bore me to literal tears. Like <laughs> that's yeah
0: I, that's why I'm talking about the only good moment of the fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? He's been, as you put in our notes, he's been removed from the rankings. I have a sneaky suspicion that there's either some form of investigation going on, or he's been cut. I'll find, I'll I'll have it, I'll put my feelers out and find out more. I I
0: think I saw him and Shayna Dobson, unrelated, have uh, been both been removed from the UFC rankings. That was I saw someone tweet that out last night or this morning. So, um, which is a little bit weird on Dobson. I know she just got outclassed by Casey O'Neill, who's only had five fights, but she beat um, Agapova. Yeah. and there was a lot of hype and around uh, around Agapova so that one's a little weird but yeah Tim Elliott kind of doing what Tim Elliott does wasn't the most exciting fight but Espinosa we think has possibly been cut considering he was removed from the rankings. Um, then the main prelim started and we went back to having fun fights again. Rogerio Bontorin who I've got in the notes here to talk about how salty he is about this had Kaikara France in plenty, you know, plenty of chances to submit him and you know City kickboxing aren't exactly renowned for their grappling so you could have, you would have thought Bontorin was going to finish that and if I sound a little bitter it's because I had a lot of money on Bontorin to win my sub and uh, Kai Kara France survives and wins by knockout and Bontorin is super salty about getting knocked out cold on his face
1: oh don't it's the classic image I think actually Kai tweeted it like <laughs> him running over to celebrate when Bontorin's like face first forehead down like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I have more of an issue with the stoppage than I do with like the saltiness. Like, the saltiness, I can, it's just showmanship and gamesmanship. But um, either way, you look a bit of a muppet when, <laughs> even when you get up, you're not quite 100%. So, no, it was, it was the right call, but I don't know what Herb Dean was doing, really. He like called the fight off, but didn't call it Does the fight anyone off. know what like, Herb
0: Dean's doing now? He did that with um another fight recently. Amanda uh, Ibas against Marino Rodriguez. He did the same shit yeah. where he like jumped in there and I was like, uh no, actually, you know, I think I'll let it go. And then <laughs> fucking Kaiko of France came back for more after <laughs> go running off to celebrate, came back <laughs> and was like, oh, you want me to hit him more? And then Herbie was like, oh, no, stop. Like, I don't know. It's just like he's, I don't know what to say. It's like he's lost his little, you know, cutting edge that you need to have when you're in there with world-class fighters, that, you know, that instinct in the moment thing. Herb just doesn't seem to have it anymore. Should have been
1: waved off the minute he face planted. Like, yeah, it, it was completely polarized, Is what I wrote in my post fight notes. Like, it just completely polarized him. It was a right on the button shot. Um, and again, we say about like building momentum. Like, it's good to see Kai back on track. Like, he's had a fair few detractors in the UFC. Uh, Who would have favorite.
0: foreseen Kai Kara France flying the flag for city kickboxing as the other two lost? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's last, my prediction. the last way round I would have <laughs> picked those three fights.
1: But again, like again, flyweight is so exciting. Like Bunterin coming with a bit of hype behind him, and it took a, a very game Kaikara France to halt the hype train for the while.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Asko Askarov, another uh, exciting prospect. We have loads of them on this card. This time against the vet in Joe Benavides. Title fight.
1: That's it. I don't. I, I. don't want to talk about Askar Askarov. Just needs to fight for the title. That's it. I don't even want to see the Moreno rematch. A split
0: second where I thought you were talking about Joe Benavides, and I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> Retirement. Hang him up. It's uh, I... those those Figueredo fights murdered this guy. I mean, I love Benavides. Anyone who's been watching MMA for a while does. He's just a great guy and a great fighter. But One of the nicest
1: I, blokes in the game. He, but he the, got the literally game's
0: killed up. twice, and it it showed. Like he was kind of gun shy and. He was doing the Michelle Watterson thing of throwing strikes like twenty yards away. Well, not twenty yards, but I think you know. it's
1: I think it's more the fact that games evolved. Like the his his style is very much built on like the mid early early to mid two thousands, right? Like mm-hmm. fighting lots of Cruz and, and DJ. But it's completely changed. Like these guys are much faster, much stronger. Like Askarov,
0: and much. in Askarov's case, have the the cardio to do that for fifteen minutes straight yeah. without Rid- ridiculous any gas tank.
1: Um, I think he could have gone for another 15. I, I know that's. I, I don't really want to see. I don't really want but... to see, like, unless it's like a. I don't know. unless it's like a super fight, but why would they do that? I just don't want to see him fight again. I, I think he's. I'd I'd much rather see him like join commentary or something because I feel like he'd be quite a good analyst, but maybe that's just me.
0: And we could see that, that adorable Megan and Levy relationship. Um. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Oh no! Actually, we're not moving on to another vet against an up-and-coming because we got to talk about Kyler Phillips first. Uh, can we talk about Kyler Phillips, please? Everyone loves to talk about Sean O'Malley being the exciting, you know, spinning shit master, fun striker in in the division. But Kyler Phillips, I think if Kyler Phillips fights Sean O'Malley right now, I know who I'm putting. My money I think on. they won't. And I think they're training partners. Sean O'Malley.
1: I think they're training partners, so I don't think that'll happen.
0: Well, don't you ruin know. my fantasy.
1: Sorry, <laughs> sorry to bless your bubble. But yeah, man, like, <laughs> oh. It, it, <laughs> I just feel and like I've, the-
0: I've not seen on what I was trying to say is I've not seen on Mali putting in a performance as pre- as impressive as the one Kyler Phillips did the other night and yet Kyler Phillips has almost outside of like the sort of hardcore MMA circles zero height I mean even, even though the man has the best zero.
1: hair in the UFC like what is going on so <laughs> um, like Jesus yeah literally um, yeah I, I mean Song Yudong who has one of the best names in the UFC uh, and one
0: of the best chins he,
1: he made he made Song Yudong look really average uh, like I I don't I didn't give him a round. I thought he'd he'd pieced him up on the feet. Um there were a couple of takedowns in there as well, weren't there? I'm trying to remember.
0: I think i yeah, I may I, be mistaken here, but I think one of the judges scored at twenty nine twenty-eight to Song Yudong. I may be thinking of yeah. a different fight, but I can remember thinking what an injustice it was for, yeah, for that uh, for what I, I mean, I thought
1: the judging was back as well. We'll get onto that later. But some of the scorecards were just like, well oh, thank god I didn't go to the scorecards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but Phillips up class, and I'm super excited to see what he can do now. I mean, on song on the Song Yudong side of things, I mean, he kind of his last two fights, the win against chita Vera was bullshit, and I think I've yet to meet someone who says, "No, you're wrong. That wasn't a robbery." Song clearly won that fight. I'm I, I, don't sure. get me wrong,
1: he's a very talented fighter, but I feel like he's well, he's
0: still, still so young, isn't he? Only like 24.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he's been in a hell of fights already. Like, what is he like? Yeah, sixteen and five. Is that it? Is that, like what? that. I think yeah, he had
0: that yeah. win against Cheeto, which was a blatant robbery, and then he had a, I think a draw before that that a lot of people thought he lost. Yeah. So, you know, maybe the record doesn't quite, you know, Match, reflect yeah. the quality of, of of him as a fighter right now. I'm not saying he can't get to a better level because, like we say, he's still young, and um, well, go from young to old. Dominic Cruz was uh, back in vintage, vintage Dominic Cruz. Are you Are you going to start talking about how he's the best bantamweight of all time again?
1: I, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, For, forget any talk of Henry Cejudo or Dillashaw being the best bantamweight. Dominic Cruz again reminded everyone why he's the best bantamweight in the world, with probably the most unique style or fight like striking style you'll ever see. Like, his footwork is just ridiculous. I don't, again, this was the this was a split decision, wasn't it? I think this was a split. I, I don't. Or maybe it was this it.
0: one that I remember thinking, yeah. "What the? Why the fuck was that a split?" I don't no, remember. I don't it was one of how... these. It was one of these close decisions. Where I'm, I'm sure not this is twenty nine
1: twenty eight. I'm sure one of those always gave it 29-28, Kenny. And I don't. I I would like I to. I think you're sit, right, yeah. Yeah, I would like to sit down with that judge and just talk to him about the school. Because, I mean, <laughs> what a, correct me if I'm wrong. What but... a
0: lovely, uh, how British was that? <laughs> Not, I would like yeah, to well... sit down with that judge and show, show him what's worth. I would like to sit down with that judge and have a gentlemanly discussion over a cup of tea.
1: <laughs> An ar- arbitrary debate. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I just, I, I didn't even, I think, what, Kenny landed, like, what, four strikes?
0: Really, like realistically, hard yeah, good like, ones. Yeah, and and um, Cruz mixed in the wrestling as well. I think a lot of people thought yeah. Kenny would utilize his wrestling, but Cruz was seemingly I mean, bizarre, determined to like, show that he was still, you know, even though he's a striker first, he can still mix it up.
1: Kenny threw in a bunch of leg kicks as well, and obviously, I'm, I'm sure he's watched the tape with the Suda fight, but they they didn't do anything. I I, I didn't. I, I think Don was really. I, for me, it was just it was nice to see him like put in like a. A performance that was a throwback like this guy sent a reminder to the division that he's not done i mean this is the other thing as well it depends how far they want to push him i don't want, i don't want to see him fight too many more times like i don't want to sound... see him
0: fight hans mollenkamp
1: <laughs> i mean yeah i'd pay to see that fight i would, I would actually pay a pay for you i think that I looked at hilarious. After, after you explained to me Have who you he was that? i looked him Have up he's
0: huge <laughs> guys fucking i mean i He's not a fighter. He's not a professional fighter, but the guy's fucking huge.
1: I feel like that's a bit, I feel like that's a more entertaining fight than Jake Paul Ben Askren. But yeah, let's throw him on that card. I've got, I've got, I've got a pitch for you again. This is like, this is what I think they should do next. I think they should do Dominic Cruz versus Frankie Edgar, the fight that we should have got ages ago, but didn't. I think that's the fight to make.
0: That's what I was about to ask you. Who should Cruz get next? I put yeah. on the notes Frankie Edgar or Rob Font. Oh. I would love Rob Font because I, if Font won that, he inst- you instantly have to talk about him as a title contender. Like, there's no, there's different- no doubt in it now. If you knock out Morais and then beat Dominic Cruz, then you're instantly in the title. And I want Rob Font in the title picture because I predicted him my, to be my,
1: champ. I, I know they're not going to do it because they're going to do Sandhagen. But do you know who I think should fight Rob Font? TJ, go ahead. I want, I want to see Dillashaw. I want to see Dillashaw versus Rob Font. I feel, I, I feel like Rob, Rob huh? Rob Font. I feel like that stylistically is a better fight than. Maybe I'm just trying to protect Cruz.
0: <laughs> protect Cruz from those ridiculously heavy hands that Fawn has. Um, yeah, Frankie Edgar would be a good one. And Edgar's slightly above him coming off a loss. And then they can, uh, I don't know, if they, if they have a war, they can retire. <laughs> I don't want to see them take too much damage. So if they have a war, they can both retire. And, the thing uh, is as well, like the, the, if either one of them wins, they'll uh, be back where they want to be in the rankings.
1: A lot of people will have like mixed opinions, let's say, of Cruz. But I don't think that should take anything away from what he's achieved and what. I he's I think done it's because
0: because people like, don't like him as a commentator. Yeah, I think. But you got you well, got
1: to separate the two, right? Like, yeah, you can like DC as a fighter and you can dislike DC as a commentator, and vice versa. And I think Cruz as a fighter deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, in my eyes, anyway. I think oh, like,
0: definitely
1: everything he's achieved in the sport, um, and the, in in my humble opinion, the Cruz that fought Cejudo is not a true reflection of the Cruz that like. 2014, 2015, like that level, um, but again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to th- seem thrown to the wolves. So, let's do a legends fight. Let's do the super fight that we didn't get before.
0: Do <laughs> a super fight now. It's not really a super fight anymore. Um, well, fucking not super fights. Starting the main card, Alexander Rackett versus Thiago Santos. I was one of many who was expecting an absolute fucking bang. Isles, like, yep. I thought Santos. He was talking before the fight about having anxiety in the in the Share fight and that's why he was a little bit kind of anxious in that fight well having anxiety and that's why he was anxious to um that kind of felt like they both were anxious in this fight like neither of them really wanted to engage and risk getting knocked out and embarrassed on the big it kind of like for rackage i, I kind of got the feeling that you know it was his it was first time really on the big stage i know he's been a main i think he was a main event against smith or at least a co i might have been a main uh but this, you know, this that was a fight night where you're not got any, you know, so called casuals watching. This was a huge pay per view with three title fights, so I feel like maybe the pressure got to him a little bit. That said, he still did win, but you know, that's not the type of win that's gonna propel you and get you loads of fans, is it?
1: No, this is the chance for him to make a statement, right? Yeah, like, Santos clearly doesn't have knees, and yet he basically eked out a really boring. I mean, I must and
0: Absolute thunder thighs, I must add. So he, knew- he could have kicked the shit out of Tiago Santos' legs.
1: I knew he fell asleep, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's one of those where I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to like get like cocktail sticks or something to keep my eyes open. But yeah, I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Uh, I think he might, because re- he, he was calling for a title shot, and I was like, mate, there's no way you can get a title shot after that. Like,
0: no, if he'd gone out there and knocked him out, then yeah. go ahead call for the title shot. But yeah. Like, that's just not going to... Like I said, I can't I, feel like he missed I, I think, his, missed his chance.
1: I think the next step for Rakic is the winner of Rares versus Yuri. That's like... I think that's the natural program. And to be fair, that's And Yuri, if fight. Yuri
0: wins that, he would force Rakic to have a fun fight. Like, <laughs> Yuri doesn't have boring fights, so Rakic couldn't do what he did against Santos.
1: And that's, like, again, pure fire. That would actually be fireworks. So, I'm all up for that. In terms of Santos, though... I don't know, what do you think? I, I'm... I never advocate for a fighter to leave him in the octagon, but I don't know what Santos. I don't know what I don't know how high he can go. I don't think he can go much higher than the level that he's at, and I don't want to see him take unnecessary damage, considering the defeats he's had in the past. Like he's, sort of, I don't know. It seems like he's he's on the downward spiral. Well, I mean, unfortunately.
0: you, as as legendary as it is that he fought on in that John Jones fight with the knee injuries he had, and then has come back and fought what three more times since then, or two more times you can't be the same fighter after you have, you know, need surgery to repair MCL, ACL, meniscus, every everything in his fucking knee, whatever it was. Those are like, kicks. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially with the game the way it is now, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, but there's and everyone, you know, we just said Racket should have done it, but everyone that fights Santos is clearly going to go into that fight thinking, and, he, and I think Racket actually said it in his interview afterwards. He said, like, I knew his knee was bad. And uh, Joe Rogan said, like, oh, so you were you targeting the knee because you knew he had a bad knee? And Rakesh kind of got a little defensive, like he thought, "Oh, I don't want to come across as a dick here. Like I'm trying to destroy this guy's like ligaments again." But like, if you're a fighter going into a fight with Santos, then that's what you're going to be thinking. And
1: I mean, just imagine like a Santos versus like I do worry it's for like, him. Yeah, it's it's not something I personally want to see.
0: But well, that's like hmm. like, you, like you just said, anchor life. There's some if you look a little bit down the rankings from where those two that just fought are it doesn't get any easier. Like there's no one there that's going to give him an easy fight and let him just get back in the win column and retire on a win. So no, I kind exactly. of see what he's, where you're coming from with that one, to be honest. As sad as it would be to say goodbye to an absolute monster with one of the coldest tattoos in the game. Um, Islam Makachev, next. Absolute domination of Drew Dober. And Drew Dober is damn good. Like Drew Dober, he's not a great wrestler, but he's a well-rounded fighter with a hell of a lot of power if he can keep it standing. And he never even looked in this fight, not for a moment.
1: Yeah, I think Makachev showed that there's levels to this game. No, I, that's not a criticism of Doba. I, I think, as I was saying, our, when we were texting during the fight, I was like, I think he's a good fighter. But that's not... The good fighters aren't necessarily great fighters. And I think Makachev showed that there's there's a massive difference in terms of the wrestling. And uh, I, so I've seen loads of comparisons to Habib, right? But it kind of feels like... like Habib feels more tactical in terms of his wrestling, whereas... Um, but in terms of his chain movements and everything, whereas Makachev's kind of like, it uh, just keeps on shooting, if that makes sense. Like, he just keeps on going until he gets that. Um, whereas Habib almost felt like he was very formulaic. I don't know if, that's, if that makes much sense, but...
0: Well, I guess if you have a formula that works, there's no need to yeah, do anything else. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly, but I think... Yeah, Makachev is a little bit more... In fact, he's got hands serious. as well. Like, Makachev yeah.
1: has legit power in his hands. Like, I think that kind of like, adds the element of risk a bit more. Yeah. Um,
0: and for me, it's almost and the trips but... he was doing in this fight were yeah. beautiful. By the way, um, it, was, so it, was, it, was the, it was the transition. I've been mean, watching well. them in slow motion, like since the fight stopped. Like every time I see, it, every time I'm scrolling through Twitter and one of those trips comes up, on I have to watch it. It's so good.
1: And even the submission was so slick. Like it was basically—I don't know if you saw the 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 second camera angle, but he was basically pushing with his toes. Like it he wasn't. I think it was Roken who said on commentary that he was like pushing him with his shoulder, and yeah, he was. But if you look at the actual footage. His entire body weight is going forwards, but it's literally just his, like, his big toe <laughs> that is uh, putting, like, putting all that forward momentum, which is just crazy. Again, it shows the difference between traditional wrestling and this Dagestani.
0: Those Dagestanis, bro. They yeah. have crazy big toes, crazy powerful big toes. <laughs> uh, he called out uh, RDA on Twitter afterwards. Is that a fight? Like, I feel like not... As much as I love RDA, I feel like Makachev might destroy him. I think RDA I gives matchup. up takedowns. Like, He gives up takedowns easily.
1: I think I have a better matchup anyway. I, I, I want to see the lightweight version of it. Well, it was lightweight already, but by that, I mean the the Habib-Tony fight that we didn't get to see. That's what I want to see. I feel like it's a chance for Tony to either like restate his claim in the title picture.
0: Do you not or... worry it would just be an absolute repeat of Tony against Oliveira?
1: No, because I think they're different fighters in the sense that Oliveira is more of a submission specialist. and know he's just got a submission, but I'm actually primarily a wrestler. Well, Olivera whereas... has
0: the most in UFC history, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and also like Olivera is more of like a, a jiu-jitsu specialist rather than a traditional wrestler, whereas I feel like... And um, so I don't know. It's like, I feel, I feel like the, the Tony Ferguson fight is the one that Dana probably wants just because like, that's you can
0: market it as, as yeah, exactly. Like, exactly, yeah, this this the little is, version of the little Kavim, version. That's what I was trying to Kavim, Kavim Kavim. think of. I was trying to think
1: like a, <laughs> a more nuanced way of saying it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, uh, now we get to talk about the thing no one's shut up about since it happened Jan against Algerman Sterling. As we predicted, Jan was absolutely dominating in every facet of the fight. I think, don't remember the exact stats off the top of my head, but he stuffed 16 of 17 takedowns or something like that. And tripped him up so many times. Most which of was his just own. Beautiful. Yeah. I think he landed like 100% of his or 90% or something. Uh, completely dominated pretty much every facet of the fight after the first round. First round was pretty close. I think it would be fair to give the first round to Aljo. Yeah. I think
1: Aljo started faster, right? It just uh, came um, out like,
0: fuck this, I'm going to just throw the kitchen sink at this guy. But then that turned out to be a terrible idea because the second round started and he was already pretty much done. Like Jan just methodically broke him down and was winning the fight and was going to win the fight until he decided to commit the most blatant illegal shot I've ever seen. And before we start on this, I just want to say, like I actually I'm in the camp. I know it's I think it's quite kind of considered quite a casual outlook. I see this on Twitter where there's people saying, oh he's faking it. And then there's people saying, oh well you get a knee in the head, you're casual. Um I don't think he was faking it. I do think he milked it. Yeah. But that said, in terms of the fight, it doesn't actually matter whether Aljo milked it or not. Jan broke the rules blatantly and was punished correctly. So, you know, and that's coming from someone who, you know, picked Jan to win and bet on Jan to win. Like it doesn't actually matter whether you think Aljo milked it, was really badly hit, was a little bit hit, was quite hit. It doesn't matter because the punishment fit the, you know, if it had been a kind of in a scramble and he just caught him coming up as his hand left the, like hit the ground, you know what I mean? Like if it had been one of those and they Inexplicably called it a DQ instead of a no contest, then you could have had complaints of you, Jan. But he has no one to blame but himself. It was completely as blatant as can be. He broke the rules and was justly punished for it.
1: I completely, I completely agree with everything you have just said. And my biggest gripe with the whole thing is actually nothing to do with the two fighters. It's the referee. Like I don't understand why the decision was put in Aljo's corner. Like why ask Aljo if he's okay to continue when the guy's literally just been kneading the head with a really vicious strike, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, And the commission needs to do a lot more in that kind of situation. Like they should step in and be like, no, right, fights off. Like you have to look at the replays. Like even if you slow it down, there's a lot of venom in that knee. And at such a close range, like it's not, I've seen people draw comparisons to the Anthony Smith and John Jones. It's a different scenario because it's not in the center of the cage. That was like on the, um, well, it was on the fence, wasn't it? It was on the, the side of the octagon. And it was, it was, they, they were much closer together. Like, I think they're, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Jones was in the clinch. So,
0: yeah, but Jan got like a full wind up, like, yeah, 100% exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly. Like, to, people complaining about that being a DQ loss is like a football team being 2 0 up, getting a man sent off for kicking someone in the face, and then complaining when they lose 3 2 because they were down a man, like. You know, yeah, that's the reason you lost. But if the punishment just, fits the crime, yeah, if the punishment fits a the crime, then you can't complain. However, I do kind of have a gripe with how Aljo's acted since the fight. I know he was kind of, I feel like he was kind of screwed over a bit by his teammates and his friends putting loads of stuff on Instagram. And I know Mirab put something on Twitter of them holding the belt and having drinks. And Aljo himself has not put anything like that on his social media. But what he should have done is just kept quiet about it, not saying it. Yeah. But instead. People call him out about it and he's been baited into into arguing with people on Twitter about, you know, oh no, it wasn't me that was posting that. And then then he's, you know, arguing with Cejudo. He's arguing with Jan. He's arguing with DC, like Ariel Hawani. Like, dude, everyone knows he didn't want to win the fight that way. Like, no one thinks he went in there planning to lose by DQ, but just (laughs) log out of Twitter for a while. I'll like you're not doing yourself any favor. I've never seen someone get legally need in the head and then be the one that loses fans because of it. Like he's getting more haters than he is fans from that. And it should be the other way around. Like as much as I like Jan as a fighter, he should be the one getting getting stick for it. But it's Aljo because he's kind of, I don't know, played it wrong, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. He's like hero turned villain. <laughs> if, if you can count yourself hero for being nude in the face, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think again, like I have an issue with, well, I have an issue with three things. The way... Aljo's handled himself after the fight. I don't think he does himself any favors whatsoever. I have an issue with the commission and the referee because I don't think they handled that situation correctly at all. And I have an issue with Jan in the first place for, for getting any kind of rule. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not pride. You've got the unified rules for a reason. Like you're fighting in a championship fight. How, how what, what's he had? Like 11, 12 fights in the UFC now? I
0: think. Is that enough? You like, what the fucking rules are. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's just... It's mind-blowing. and I, I don't understand the corner either, because I don't know if you've seen the clip, but one in the corner shouts out, like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, hit him or something. When yeah, Jan asks him a question. But I think what he's trying to say is, yeah, like, hit him with your fists rather than hit him with your knee. I don't know. Like, it just seemed a bit... ambiguous, but... it's. It, I don't think it's a good... I don't I think, I mean, one, it generates amazing publicity, but... On a sporting level, I don't think it looks good for the sport for a a, a fight to be settled by a, a championship fight at least to be settled by disqualification. It doesn't sit comfortably with me. But at the end of the day, by the rules, by the letter of the law, the right the right man was rewarded, and I, I, I don't think any true fan, casual or not, can argue with that decision. Yeah, I at, think at um, the end of the day,
0: as much as I just criticize Aldo for how he's behaved since the fight. I feel like I can give him a little bit of leeway because it's such a unique situation. Like mm-hmm. you, you often will say when something happens in a fight, oh, you know, I'm a fan. I, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation. But that's not, it's it's another level further than that. This is the first time this ever happened, a title being decided by a DQ in the UFC. So it's not just, oh, I'm a fan. I, no one, not even another fighter, knows what's going on in his head right now. It's a completely unique situation. He's the first person ever to have been in this situation. So I feel like as much as I just said, what, you know, what the hell are you doing? Get off Twitter. I can cut him a little bit of slack because like, he's in a completely new situation that no one's ever been in before. Uh, all, one though, thing I'm... I didn't understand was that YouTube video he put up giving a bunch yeah. of excuses about things that happened during the... He, I think he said he believed he was winning the fight even or that he said he, he thought he could have he could have won, which I'm sorry, he wasn't going to win. If He didn't get needed. He was losing that bad. He might have even he, got knocked down. He'd, gas,
1: he'd gasped by the, like, the end of the first round.
0: He might have uh... got finished, to be honest, if the fight had gone on.
1: Yeah, uh, but again, that's kind of like bizarrely that's why I don't, I don't I'm not really asked about the rematch like
0: because it was pretty dominant after after the first five minutes
1: yeah and I think it'll be the same again if not worse I feel like but it depends actually I was I was listening to um Sean sheehan from um Civic MMA who was talking about like the size of the cage and he made a good point like I feel like a bigger cage could actually favor Aljo in the sense that he might actually be able to put together some takedowns
0: I mean, well we said that, this last week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, this was it. one of those weird situations where the smaller cage we you know normally you say all oh, the smaller cage benefits the grappler. Um but this was one of those weird situations where it actually benefited Jan because he could use the cage as defense when he you know when Aldra did get a grip on him. But that, I guess that didn't really happen anyway. Aldra didn't really have any decent <laughs> takedown attempts, and he kept trying stupid spinning shit that just resulted yeah. with him with him giving up his back to Jan, which was absolutely insane. Um, but yeah. Credit to, to Aljo for originally being like, oh, I don't want to win this way. Credit stripped away for releasing a 25-minute YouTube video with a bunch of excuses and letting his friends post stuff over social media and then going on to defend it on your own social media. I don't know what the hell he's doing there. Um, and he, he even had to go at DC and DC was like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, moving on to uh, an even more one-sided fight. Amanda Nunes absolutely destroyed Megan Anderson as pretty much everyone in the world predicted. And uh, Megan then said on her uh, her live stream, as uh, she's basically a live streamer now since she's unemployed, that um, the 145 division is gone. That's not been confirmed. I think Dana's actually said that's not true. But, you know, whether you take Dana's word for that, we don't know. But Megan said that she's come to the end of her contract and she's not going to be fine with the UFC anymore. She's not been cut. She's just come to the end of her contract and also said that the 145 as a division is gone. So if that's true, I think um, celebrations are in order in the Tom Ward household.
1: I'm, unfortunately even though I think my prediction will come true I don't think it's quite true yet I, I don't think, think we've had um, an
0: episode of, of this podcast where you haven't said they need to cut the 145 division
1: <laughs> I mean they do I, I I literally have no interest in seeing that division anymore at all like uh, even after Juliana Pena, Pena's like ridiculous WWE-esque um, cool out but I think that is actually what I've just said is actually the reason why I don't think they'll cut it I think they'll give her like a couple more isn't Pena
0: 135 though? Uh, I'm pretty sure Pena's bantamweight. Yeah, I thought she was feather. But we can talk about that if you want. Juliana Pena, in case anyone yeah. hasn't seen this. Yeah, I said, mean I might uh, i might have up the, best the weight classes. Wrestler. She said she's the best wrestler in her division and she would beat Nunes because she started doing wow, MMA. Sure? She said that, I thought she was I thought she was
1: meant to fight Holly, unless I've got confused. Um well, one of us is confused. Anyway, no, the no, point, I'm the going point to of what I wanted to talk seconds. about
0: was uh, was Pena saying that she's the best wrestler in the division and that she could beat Nunez because oh, Nunez no, lost. You're
1: right, it's Bantamweight. Of course,
0: I'm right. Nunez <laughs> lost to Kat Zingano, and uh, Pena beat her. And so, by MMA math, which we all know works flawlessly every time, she would easily beat Nunez, which is just the dumbest shit I've ever heard. She called herself the best wrestler in the division one fight after getting submitted by Jermaine yeah <laughs>
1: Who, bearing in mind, is a very decorated kickboxer. We hasten to add, yeah. D- again, no, it's weird, isn't it? Like bantamweight and featherweight, I kind of have no interest in it anymore, just because she's so dominant. I also have the same issue with women's flyweight. Like, her, unfortunately, her and Shevchenko, are so, Nunes and Shevchenko, are so dominant that like, it's kind of a bit stale for me. Like, don't get me wrong, I love seeing Nunes starch people. Like <laughs> Megan Anderson's stanky leg had me giggling quite literally on the sofa. But um, yeah, it just it, it, there's nothing there. Like Danielle Wolf versus Felicia Spencer. Like
0: we've already talked about this. What a joke of a matchup that yeah, is! And what a joke.
1: I think actually just they've just signed a featherweight as well. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. And then you've got people like Aspen Lad knocking about, and just I don't know. I don't really feel like there's anything to challenge her. I mean, actually there is, but give it two years. The, the, the fight, the only fights I want to see from now on are. A Clarissa Shields boxing match followed by a Clarissa Shields MMA match, but that's not going to happen for like the next three years at least. Um, the only fight that could come sooner is maybe a Kayla Harrison super fight. Like,
0: I actually feel like Aspen Land might have a chance if she can if she can last like the first seven eight minutes. I feel like Aspen. Yeah, Land I mean, I guess would, have, could, would could, have a chance. I don't
1: know. I guess you could ask. You could you could say that the I thought I personally thought the Duraname stoppage was a bit early. Mm-hmm. That was my only caveat, but. Yeah, again, I think the trouble is the divisions are so shallow. Like Megan Anderson, or Megan Anderson, however you want to pronounce it? For for all of her, I mean, I think she's quite entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I think she's a, a great personality for the sport. I just don't think she's like anywhere near the level. And I, I said this before. Like, to beat Nunes, there's there's massive. Weaknesses and holes in her game, and Nunez exposed. Like me, I mean, she tapped out, didn't she? And then Nunez finished her with a different submission. Like,
0: I think it also showed the the gap in levels that Nunez knew there was. That if you're watching Nunez and duranda May fight, Nunez, there were times where she was um a little bit cautious because she knew I could get in trouble if I'm striking with this woman. Whereas against Anderson, she was just like, "Fuck it," and just <laughs> charged in there and just destroyed. Like there was no, you know. I won't say there's no game plan because that's not fair. But, you know, there wasn't even really a need for a game plan because Nunes just knew, like, I'm levels above here. And that like we said, that's no disrespect to Anderson because Nunes is just that good. But it was a bit of a joke matchup. And when you're getting joke matchups in title fights, that's a pretty bad sign for the division.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's true as well. They've got this star. Like, Amanda Nunes is arguably the biggest female star in combat sports besides Clarissa Shields but it's really hard to market that when you haven't got like a rising contender or mm-hmm. anyone, anyone, anyone near, them. like even even the Holly Holm, like I'm a massive Holly Holm fan, but she's nowhere near that level, unfortunately. <laughs> I think the golfing class could like come back to bite them when they try and market her. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, like Daniel said that the 145 isn't going to go away. They're going to keep it for as long as she wants it. But like my argument is uh, taking away that division. I don't think like, Dilutes the champ champ status. She's still a champ champ, but you know, that's my entire argument. Anyway, I just i I think she's too dominant for her own good.
0: <laughs> well, talking to champ champs who aren't too dominant for their own good, uh, Israel Adesanya gave us I'm the not sure. forced us to listen to the worst commentary performance of all time <laughs> against Yan Um I think pretty much everyone noticed this that while Jan was landing good. Clean, powerful strikes. DC and Rogan were sitting there going, Oh, look at he fainting. Look, he's f- oh, Jan's biting on the faint. Oh. St- they were fucking awful. I mean, we've moaned about Rogan and DC a lot on this podcast, but like this was the culmination of everything bad about the two of them's commentary in this fight. Like it was clear they had an agenda who they wanted to win. It was clear they weren't even either weren't paying attention or, or
1: trying to disguise it at
0: all. Yeah. Or were just bullshitting. And um, besides that, I, I won't I won't take away from Belovich's performance by ranting about DC and Rogan. Uh, he was pretty phenomenal. I think he did kind of everything. If you were if you were picking Belovich, he did everything you would have wanted him to do and more. Like he was the better striker for most of the fight, and also mixed in the wrestling when he needed to.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I, again, I wrote in my post fight. I like, uh, we messaged each other. I said the same. I think the weight difference helped a lot. Like. Izzy was landing, but he didn't necessarily have the pop because I don't think he made necessarily the right weight adjustments to find up 205. Whereas Blahovic has obviously been a lot of heavyweight all his career and carries that extra muscle. Yeah, exactly. he he's probably, got that
0: absolute boulder of a skull as well. He
1: probably came in at about 215, something like that. So, again, a massive golf in, in terms of weight. And he just fought smart. Like, Izzy in the first round, I thought, did quite well. And some decent job. I I, I could see the argument that you give the first round to Izzy, just in terms of like the volume and he did trouble him a couple of times. But then Jan kind of like took over and stepped up a gear. And I've seen a lot of critics of Jan but I don't know. He's he's kind of like the people's champ, personally. Like if there's a the there's a BMF, I think Jan has a con, uh, has a a claim for the NMF title. Like I think um he, he's like everyone's favourite uncle or everyone's favourite Polish uncle that's kind of like the
0: yeah did you did you see after the fight he said uh, he wants a rematch with Izzy but not in the octagon at the ping pong table <laughs> he said they'd agreed to have a ping pong match after the fight so I don't both think of them. they were both really classy after the fight I have to say
1: I don't think Izzy's stock dropped that far because he kind of like as he alluded to he dared to be great didn't necessarily make the right adjustments and I, I thought we fought well i thought i thought i didn't i don't think he did too much wrong actually in terms of maybe he could have thrown a bit more um i think that's the, that's the only thing maybe volume and and putting a bit of weight behind those shots might have helped him out a bit better and maybe trying to scramble rather than sort of giving up position on the bottom that's but i, I, I feel like I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think Izzy's star power waned that much because fans want to see these fighters like Izzy and and John Jones like dare to be great and, and go up in weight classes that are, well, there's far more risk than there is reward. Like, imagine, if Izzy had been starched, we'd probably been saying a different story, but he kind of held his own to some extent. Um, and I, I think there will come a point actually where Izzy could become a light heavyweight champion in the future. I just think ultimately he, he, there's a, Jan was the better man on the night and implemented his game plan a bit better. I thought, yeah, I, I thought the takedowns were smart because it wasn't just like, again, this is the, just talking about MMA scoring. It wasn't ineffective takedowns in the sense he just took him down and lay on him. Like He landed enough to like win the rounds. I think that's, again, a veteran savvy move. Like Izzy's, But I think that's also another thing as well in terms of the weight. We've seen people try and do that to Izzy in middleweight, at middleweight. And people like Gaslam, who's a decent wrestler, and Derek Branson, Branson. yeah, they've been able to do it because of the like. There's not much difference in weight and and muscle and bulk. Jan to me looked much bigger, and I was like not just not, not in terms of height because obviously Izzy's taller, but literal body mass. And he looked much bigger than Izzy. I thought Izzy looked small, and he's obviously a really tall guy. But uh, what were your thoughts?
0: Everything you just said, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no, I I I don't want to just uh, just steal all your ideas there, mate. But I pretty much you know think it's spot Like it's no shame on Izzy losing to the light heavyweight champ. It's not like he went up and fought the number ten ranked light heavyweight or something. Like he went up and fought the champion in in his first light heavyweight fight in the, in the UFC. I know he's fought uh, heavier weight classes than kickboxing before, but um yeah there's no no shame in losing and like you said dare to be great and thought he handled the loss pretty well afterwards as well like everything he said was was pretty classy although one thing his team not him Eugene Behrman has said since the fight is that they're looking at Darren Till for their next defense at middleweight which is obviously a little bit like well what the fuck um the only way I can see that happening is if Till absolutely demolishes Vittori and then Whitaker beats Costa and does what he did last time when he beat Cania where he's like oh I don't really want the title fight mate um was, which was really weird of Rob, by the way. As much as I like Rob, like that was so strange to just basically say no thanks to a title shot. Like you just I think, I think
1: the caveat with, with Rob is the fact that Izzy dominated him. Like the, the, I, Rob didn't win around, or even a second. Like he, didn't really a, he didn't
0: win. He didn't an exchange. He didn't win no, a moment. Exactly.
1: And I, I think that's the thing that's like not necessarily playing on his mind, but it goes against the, like goes against him and out of favor, Is out of his favor the fact that Izzy made him look well human, like. I think um, I think Till stylistically is a really fun matchup but it is a fun matchup but he's not he needs to, anywhere he's a, close to that yet and he needs to put on a, he needs to put together a win streak like I, personally beating Vittori what, I think Vittori's like Vittoria's ranked top 10 but I don't think he's he's, he's not top 5 is he so no
0: I, I think yeah. no I don't think so
1: maybe maybe Till needs to fight Vittori and then Hamanson, <laughs> and then maybe is he that's like I think that's, like, best of my. But I, I think, again, rankings kind of, like, mean nothing. It's all about your clout. And,
0: and the, fact that. That,
1: the fact that Till and Vittori are headlining um, the first card on ABC maybe suggests that Yes, I are thinking the same thing.
0: Trying to push uh, that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, again, I guess I guess they, they probably as think as if either of Rob or Costa wins, that you can make the argument that, well, what's the point? I mean, I, I know Costa was real drunk from all that red wine, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. We've got some news to rush through before we talk about the uh, Edwards and Bilal card, which we will rush through the news because we want to talk about this uh, this weekend's card I and mean, we've all been, already been going quite long. Um, Henry Cejudo says he's back for real this time and I just find it absolutely hilarious that nobody cares. Like he's been, tr- he tried to do the Oh, I've retired. Oh, no, I haven't. But like, he's done the, no, I haven't bit like six times. He keeps doing the Oh, Oh, maybe I'll come back trying to get interest. And I think um, Dominic Cruz alluded to this when he was talking shit about him, you know, before this last fight card, he was saying that like, dude, no, no one cares. Like, no, the UFC is not calling you saying, please come back. Like um, as much as I love Suhudo as a fighter when, you know, purely what he brings in the octagon is absolute beast. Uh, the cringe act can only get you so far, like the cringe act can't actually make people like you if, if, if it's if it's too much. Um, Trans course, isn't it? Yeah. And there are some fun matchups you can make if you put them up to bantamweight, but fly flyweight, other than Figueredo, like there's no point in fighting anyone else in that division.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh I think there are no i I personally am of the opinion that then they're not in any rush to well, not rehire really him, but Edge him out of retirement, not only because I don't think he resonates with fans at all, but also his wage demands. Like, the reason he retired was because he, he felt he wasn't getting paid enough.
0: Supply and demand, pretty simple.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you, and is a name, but does he generate pay per views? I'd argue no. I'd say more people tuned in to watch the Cruz Sahuda fight because it was Cruz fighting for a, the title Definitely. for like the first time in what, three years? Like, there's more of a, an interest in that and I have no interest in seeing him fight fig because I think Fig's an absolute monster and again doesn't uh, there's, there's not much interest in that I don't I don't want to see a TJ rematch like I'm just trying to think of like potential matchups and nothing maybe a garbrandt fight <laughs> that might be quite fun but again
0: so basically what we're saying is that <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, um, <laughs> a couple cancelled fights. Um, I know I could see you kind of peter at, petering out, at the end there. A couple cancelled fights. One that's got a replacement, which is next weekend, and one that doesn't for now because I think they're just going to rebook it. Yeah, um, Jamal rebooked. Hill and Paul Craig has been cancelled because Jamal Hill has COVID. He said he was coughing up blood, which I uh, very cleverly there put in the notes the Hamzat strain of COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been and, I think uh, it's been
1: rebooked for like mid-April.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. And there was a great thing on Twitter. Paul Craig said, uh, you know, my fight's been cancelled. My opponent pulled out. And oh, then shit. Jamal Hill quote tweeted and said, I got six kids I never pull out, which was uh, you know, pretty phenomenal. Like know, like Chael Sonnen another another level banter. Another cancellation, Duplessis, a uh, South African beast that we're excited about because he is a I wouldn't say guy who's gonna shoot up the rankings because he doesn't have any defense, but he's a fun fighter. Um, is out of his out with Trevin Giles. I think that's something to do with um, like South African travel restrictions because yeah, I know there was a, yeah. can't remember you who can, was he couldn't get a visa cleared. In time. There was another South African fighter who had a, a fight cancelled. Uh, Dom Maj. Oh yeah, which is which is this weekend. And um, for that for that Deplas one Roman say stepping in. He fought a light heavyweight last time and is oh, a said real fun fight. said he was going to come down to middleweight, which he is doing. And that should be a fun fight, like you said. Yeah, um, Dalida. I don't know if you remember in his last fight, he was uh, grappling with uh, who was it? John Allen, and uh, he said he yellow, which was corner. You want me to submit him? And uh, which was great, but then he didn't get the submission, so it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but I still, I respect the, uh, I respect the balls to actually do that. Um, and then before we talk about the Edwards Bilal card, I know you want to talk about K tours a little bit next. I mean, we can talk about it more next week because it's next weekend. But there's what three title fights in the space of three days, and. A couple, uh, a couple of big names there as well.
1: Yeah, Ian Gary. This this welterweight tournament, I think, like in my opinion, is better than like most of the Bellator tournaments. I think Cage Warriors. Have, well, the 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 last trilogy that they put on was fantastic. Some, it's, really... I
0: think Friday is the the welterweight tournament yeah. bounce, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's Next two. Friday.
1: It's um, Ian Gary, and I think Jack Grant, the lightweight, is coming up in weight. I, I feel like it'll be those two for the for the title, and I think I think this tournament is made for Ian Gary to make a statement. And
0: yeah, that's what, that's kind of the feeling. I like like I don't follow Cade warriors to the extent that you do, but um, that's kind of the feeling I get from it as well.
1: But then like Morgan Sharie versus Jordan, I don't know how how to pronounce his last name. I do apologize, but um, again, that's like that's a fantastic fight because he just beat uh oh my gosh, what's his name, Paul...
0: Oh, don't ask me. But you pronounce it Vucevic, by the way.
1: Vucevic, <laughs> right. Pronunciations, we're sticking with Ben. I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, Paul Hughes. He, so he just beat Paul Hughes, who was previously undefeated. Vucevic, is that it? Have I said it right? Vucevic. Vucevic, right. Vucevic. I, I'm only I'm basing, basing that Pri- off the fact that... Change the sound Creasy. That... I should know who he is. <laughs> I'm only basing name.
0: that off the fact that there's a basketball player called Nikola Vucevic. Plays for right, the Magget, okay. So. We're, going with Vuce, we're going with Vucevic. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that's that's like a really, really fun fight. Flyweight, um, Charlier's kind of like built a massive profile in France,
0: yeah. And I was, looking at, I was looking at his record, like, um, the cut, the I know he has like six losses, but like half of them came my in his, internet his again, I fights. swear. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I just started talking. To I keep him cutting because, out. <laughs> yeah, your internet went. And I was like, oh, I better fill the void. Um, yeah, I was gonna say his his like record. I think is like sixteen and six or something like that. But like yeah, three but of those six like, losses were in his first like five fights or something. He, so. he also
1: trains with um Garm and Ben Lacta, who's like or Lacta. I think that's just how you pronounce it. Great title, but um, I think that fight got cancelled because of an injury. But again, KJ Roy's putting some bangers. Paddy Pimlet's back as well. I forgot to mention Paddy. Like Maybe another fight and he's in the UFC. Who knows? Like,
0: I was going to ask you, like, how- I feel like I keep seeing Paddy Pimlet's name pop up and wondering when the fuck's he finally going to be in the UFC. I know he's still young, but it feels like it's been ages that I constantly see his name pop up in relation to, ooh, maybe he'll be in the UFC. I think um, he's had his- I, I would think like to is- see him make the jump.
1: He's had his, he's had his first share of injuries and like cancellations at last minute. But I think if he if he wins this fight and then fights the lightweight title, natural progression is that he'll eventually get his UFC shot. I mean, I'd love to see him fight Mason. That was meant to happen last year. But I think Paddy actually got injured. Hence why it, it fell through. I mean, to be fair, the fight I do want to see Paddy fight is Brennan Lochman. Like, that's the... If they can somehow get that made. I mean, unlikely considering where Brennan fights. But that'd be a ridiculous matchup. Casey. Oh my God, my internet. I, I was wondering at, whether
0: like... I should say something or just let you oh, suffer it's... in silence. Oh. But...
1: I've gone like beetroot. I'm so angry.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the little uh, signal thing has gone yellow instead of green on the on the Zoom connection. <laughs> that's that's shocking. Right, move on to this weekend's card before we ramble on for too long. Uh, Leon Edwards against Balam Muhammad. Obviously, all the Brits will be watching this one in support of Leon. Um, We've got a couple... Um, one change to the fight card actually is um, Nasrat I'm gonna fuck this pronunciation up. Hack parast, um is stepping yep, into face Rafa Garcia, and that's gonna be a fun fight. I looked. I haven't looked a lot at Garcia, but I looked at it a little bit. He's
1: um, fast America lightweight champion.
0: Yeah, good good submission game. Eleven and zero. I think like five of those are by armbar. So um, and armbar. Enemy, well. what? <laughs> Something that's <laughs> yeah, Nazrat to look out for there.
1: Definitely. As it, he uh, yeah, trains a Team Punisher. Who I don't know much about, but. Great name. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Great name for a team. That that just spells violence, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, Charles Jordan is fighting uh, Marcelo Rojo, which is another newcomer. Rojo is 16-6. and This will be his first fight in the UFC. 14 of those 16 fights, uh, those 16 wins were finishes. Um, But he is, as we spoke about before we started recording, he is coming up a weight class to fight Jordan. So um, I feel like that's probably going to be a step too far for a, a debut going up a weight class against a guy, you know, a debut against a guy who's you know not on the cusp of of breaking into those sort of top contenders he's not quite there yet but um he has shown some real you know bright sparks in in the few fights we've seen him in the ufc and i know he lost to philly but um i think there's a, a really fucking tough fight for Rojo coming in on his first fight
1: yeah i think i mean i was going to make an air joke but i could not really think of it like air jordan or something um
0: I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's his nickname maybe. yeah no no i know that's what i was poking <laughs> at
1: um yeah i mean He's only lost, like, André Fili, Des Green, TJ Laram- Laramie, Laramie? I think it's Laramie. Again, pronunciations, I do apologise. But he beat Do a um, Choi. Like, I think he stopped him. Yeah, stopped him. Yeah, he round.
0: did. Like, that was a great fight as well.
1: Again, yeah, he's never, in, he's never been born of a split, split draw with um, Kudabao. Like, that was his last fight. So, last year. like He's never in a dull fight, and from what Rojo's record says, he's never in one either. So I think this could be a sleeper.
0: Yeah, definitely. Him, like. um, Angela Hill against Ashley Yoder has been rebooked from a few weeks ago. They it's a rematch. Isn't fight it? At the yeah, they were supposed to fight at the end of February, I think. Could be wrong there, but um this, yeah, to me, as as ridiculous as it sounds, considering um, she's quite a big name and you know does media work with the UFC and stuff, I feel like this is a really must-win fight for Angela Hill because she's done a lot of talking about. You know fights that she thinks she should have won, and and I think she beat Watson. I think she was very unlucky to lose the decision against Watson. Um, but she's done a lot of talking, and she's on two loss streak. So then, she, if she then loses to Yoda, who I think is not far above like a fifty percent win rate, like she nearly has as many yeah, losses as she wins. Eight and six, I think. Um, yeah, like that's. I feel like there's a must-win fight for Angela Hill, and it's kind of an interesting matchup because you know Yoda's not going to want to stand there and strike with her, and obviously. Angela, is—that's exactly what she's going to want. So um, it will be interesting if Yoda can can get her down and basically have some of the weird scrambles that she had with Miranda Granger.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it's a rematch, and they fought previously, and I think he won by a decision. I think. I I, I can just I'm see not the same that in front again. of me I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was a decision, I, I can just see the same thing happening again. I think Yil uh, Hill will piece right. I was combining Yill and <laughs> Hill and Yoda. There we go. Uh, I think yeah, Amanda will just. Um, Angela even I'm too tired what's wrong with you up. mate I don't even know I'm, I'm trying not to like call out BT and an hour go. Angela um, Hodor um, yeah <laughs>
0: Hodor <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah I think I think she'll have too much for her in the stand up
0: yeah I think it's going to be real hard for Yoda to get to the ground because you know Angela's striking is so quick she'll just and to you I thought Angela I thought Angela
1: beat Watson and Claudia like
0: yeah the Claudia fight was close i I. I don't know. I I had money on Hill, and I still kind of thought uh, thought that Claudia won. So, um, not I don't know. But Watson, the Watson fight, I think was bullshit. Like, Watson landed little nothing strikes that all they do is tot up on the judges' scorecard, and no Hill was actually hurting him. Yeah. yeah. Um, another another Brit on the card other than Leon, we got Darren Stewart, who just had that. Loss that you're going to moan about, Kevin Holland. <laughs> uh, lost Kevin Holland back against Eric Anders, who was on a, I think, on a bit of a skid himself. He just lost to uh, Jotko, was it? And um, yeah, it's a kind of interesting fight. I worry a little bit that based on a couple of Anders' recent fights, he seems to have been a little bit, I don't know, gun-shy compared to the maniac he was in his earlier fights. I worry a little bit that he could make this a little bit of a of a boring fight. But... um. Usually, Stewart's fights aren't boring, so I hope not.
1: Yeah, I feel like Stewart might have a bit too much in his hands. Like, other, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in the opinion that Anders might use slices wrestling, just because like Stewart has shown a bit of a weakness to. I mean, Not that he has many weaknesses, but he, he's shown a bit of a, a, a fallibility. Some to, to like heavy wrestling dominated games, and Anders is quite big at the weight class, so. I feel like that might be the tactic that they try and utilize. But having said that, like, Stuart has been training every... I don't know if you've seen his Instagram, but he's been training like pretty much every day since like lockdown started um, at like MMA clinic. And I can't remember what the fitness... I should know. I can't remember what the fitness gym is, but it's where like Billy, Jones, Billy Joe Saunders and a bunch of other fighters train. So he's clearly been putting the work in and I really want to see him make a bit of a statement. Like, he's had his... like Unlike maybe some of the other UK fighters like Till and... um like Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Shaw. Nathaniel Shaw, I'm I am so tired. I'm not even gonna like you need try the, to apologise. Nathaniel Woods um <laughs> they've like Jack's really like, Nathaniel not really, Shaw. He's not really had as, like much luck, I think, in terms of decisions. Uh and I think the Darren win, win <laughs> um kinda of put a bit of respect in his name and I, I feel like a statement against Anders would set him back on the right path. And I, I feel like he needs a bit of a confidence boost. So Hopefully, he kind of like puts together like a vintage Stuart striking display. That's what I want to see from him. I want to see a bit of pop in those punches and setting the, setting, the, setting the tone for the rest of the fight, like pushing the pace. That's what I want to see. Uh,
0: Manel Carp is back. Uh, he's fighting Matthias Nicola. Repeat what I've just it's said definitely... for the past
1: like five seconds. Just push the pace. Throw I definitely volume. don't know <laughs> how to pronounce
0: that one. Yeah, I put on the notes, maybe throw some punches. Um, Manel in his last fight against Pantoja, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It was like, he thought he could just win by looking cool. Uh, but I think they're kind of feeding him a win here. Like this is clearly someone that the UFC want to push a little bit. Hence why they put him in there with Pantoja on his debut. Um, I looked at Nikolaj's record. He's got two losses. They're both by knockout. And if you're susceptible to getting knocked out, like and if you look at who this isn't with, a good fight for you.
1: I mean, he's, he's coached by, um, AKA trains with Habib. Like, I don't really know much about the old guy. I of my head. No, but. I just looked
0: at his record. There was a great clip that did you see of Cap um, and Habib talking about football? And Manel was saying <laughs> like, <laughs> like Zigeru, was, yeah. "Yeah, Manel was saying like, bro, they, like you're just reciting like Wikipedia information." Which I actually agree with him on this. Like, <laughs> oh, I completely really agree. Habib every, knows everything. People are like, "Oh, Habib knows everything. It's clear he would like he. That's one it's like book knowledge versus real world knowledge, you no? Know? Like he's clear he didn't actually know anything about football, he just like got on Wikipedia and memorized. Man PSG,
1: what do we expect? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, that should be a fun fight. And like you said, Manal does have some some good training in the bank there for um a guy in nicolau who I don't think has too much to offer. Maybe I'll be eating my words and look like an idiot, but I feel like, like I said with um with Trevin Jones last week, just feels like kind of get the guy back in the win column because we want to give him a little bit of a push. Um, Jonathan Martinez, who has come off a couple really exciting wins. He had that sick knockout on um, Frankie Signs, however you say his name. Um, he's fighting Davy Grant, who also just had a sick fight with Martin Day. He had that knockout in an absolute barn burner of a fight. That should be a fun one. That's another fun one. And then, even better than that, we got Dan against Gavin Tucker. This is like guaranteed fight of the night. This is what should be coming in. I, I am
1: absolutely lost for words as to why it's not like I don't understand how this isn't, it really doesn't make much sense considering why he's Komaine. Yeah, we've been high on Tucker since we started this damn thing. Like, if anyone wants to claim credit, it's us two. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I, think- I mean,
0: he was already like 12 and 1 when we started talking about him, but still, still, <laughs> we're taking credit. Um, like, his last performance against Billy Q was sick. Like, we spoke about it at the time. Billy Q is such a weird fighter to fight. Like, nobody makes beating Billy Q look clean and Gavin Tucker did Gavin Tucker made it like relatively easy even though um, Billy Q had a few decent moments in the fight as well and then Dan Iger, you look at his record like yeah he lost to Calvin Kate, but before that he beat Edson Barbosa like <laughs> like you say this should be the co-main like on some cards you could even make an argument that this could be a main card if Gavin Tucker had a bit more hype he has Fight of the Night written um, all over it in my yeah life. like this is just be an absolute banger um, but the actual co-main what we're all here for Misha Sikhanov <laughs> against Ryan Span. I said that again which, with a straight face <laughs> shout out to Johnny Walker. Um, this, I feel like this has got stupid Serkinov we spoke about it before we both agreed on this it's got stupid Serkinov submission written all over it like there's there's no way Ryan Span doesn't get caught in at least like six guillotines during this fight
1: <laughs> yeah or like an inverted arm triangle or something yeah I agree
0: well right. I mean Serkinov has a um, has a Peruvian necktie finish in the, in the UFC as well like he's got all the tricks
1: yeah I've, yeah I've none other than um, Jimmy Crute himself and bizarrely than our teammates oh, what a weird world we live in <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think Span Span's got a good ground game, but
0: he... Span Span's annoying to me because he has he has good abilities there, he has talent there, but like he just seems to fuck it up when it like when it when he really needs to put it together. No like, defense whatsoever. <laughs> like he was literally full mount on Johnny on an unconscious Johnny Walker, and thirty seconds later. Was knocked out himself. Like I don't know how he messes up these situations that he get like good situations that he gets himself in, and it is quite frustrating because he does have talent and he has athleticism. But um, anyway, less
1: about the uh, unco main event. That's the people's
0: main event of the evening, mate. (laughs) It's the people's main event. Um, The actual main event. Leon against Bilal. I have I have a weird kind of feeling with this that. As much as we usually have a British bias on this podcast and support the Brit, I don't actually care who wins this. Like, I'd love Leon to win and get the title shot he deserves. But I also really like Bilal. And if Bilal came in here on short notice and won, it would be so sick that I wouldn't even be that mad. Like, it'd be sad for Leon, obviously, but it would be so good good for Bilal and for his progression, um, given the run he's on. Like, he's kind of, like, the quietest run in the UFC, is what I'd say about Bilal. Like, he's on a run, and other than people that watch, you know, like, the prelims, um, other than the prelim squad... That nobody really cares and if he beats Leon Edwards everyone's going to care so I kind of feel yeah. like I don't really care who wins Um, I don't know what your thoughts on it I do feel like Leon will probably have too much for him in the striking
1: yeah I think um, I think Bilal's a very game underdog I think I'm right in saying he's an underdog Like, oh, yeah. I, I think people forget that he's quite big for the weight class Like, he showed that in his last fight that like size but I think Leon might have a bit too much in his locker he's a very well-rounded, like in terms of well-rounded mixed martial artists, there aren't many better than Leon Edwards. I mean, it says it all when Colby ducks him. Like, this isn't a guy that people want to fight for a very good reason. Like, he is a problem in the division. I think, I think the stage is set for him to make a statement, like, as Dana alluded to, if he makes, if he seals an impressive win, he basically earns himself a title shot. And, I personally want to see that rematch. I want to see the Leon versus Kamaru rematch. So, I'm, I'm, I don't ever angle for a win because I, I don't, I mean, I do have favourites, but I don't have favourites when it comes to fights because as a journalist, you're probably impartial and, uh, and unbiased. But the Brit inside is like, it would be great to see another Brit fight for the Worldweight title. And I, from what I've been hearing from Leon's camp, so when I spoke to Jake Hadley and when i was, I was speaking to like Sam Creasy and other people at Team Fearless, and they've been saying that, and Fa- um, Fabian as well, that he's put in such a shift. Like, I think...
0: He looks in absolutely insane shape
1: yeah did you see as well Like the, the fight dietitian should put up some photos of what he's been eating like as in like pre-fight workout and all this kind of the pre-camp workout and all this kind of stuff like considering really, like he's cutting weight he's been eating good man like some of the meals I'm like I wish I could cook that <laughs> like but again I just I, I really want to see him make a statement and Send a reminder. Like I've seen so much stuff on. Like I, th- I think actually it's weird because the barometer right of UFC fans were very much like anti Leon to start with at the start of the year, and now as like I think now if people start to realize that he's a ridiculous. He's really talented, and but uh, he's 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 be- he's got the fans behind him. I think the fans want to see him do well. I, I mean, casual or or hardcore or what? I think you want to see Leon Edwards do well. Because of what he's been through. like Everyone talks about Hamza and his battle with COVID. Leon lost something like, what, 14 pounds? From like, from having COVID himself. So And
0: like 14 months of his career as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. He hasn't fought in 13 months. Like,
0: it's bonkers. But, I'm still so pissed that I was going to that London. I know, event. same. I, I probably would got clearance. <laughs>
1: For, <laughs> no, I, was, I would
0: have been sat up in the nosebleeds, uh, <laughs> drugged out of my mind, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to piss me off forever that I didn't go to that card. But anyway, um, yeah, I agree with you. It it would be great to see Leon get that push he kind of deserves after such a kind of rocky road since the whole COVID shit started. And, um but yeah, on the other side, you can rocky road this
1: internet man. I'm so angry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you cut out a few times in, in your Leon Edwards talk. There. I didn't want to say anything. Well, um, i feel like as good as he is, if he fights like he did against Lima, then Leon's going to pick him apart because he let he let Lima hit him a lot. And with no, you know, disrespect to Lima, he's not Leon Edwards. Like Leon Edwards, if you stand there and let Leon Edwards hit you, he's going to piece you up with those elbows. i well, have you seen you down.
1: that? Have you seen that eight second knockout that's been doing the rounds again? Yeah, not spread. again. Uh, Weigh is one of those funny divisions, right? Where it's very hard to like actually KO someone. I I, I think there've been more. I was it was a stat actually. Of, I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but there have been more like submissions and decisions than there have been finishes in the past. Like, which is understandable, obviously, but it it, it it's more glaring at, at welterweight because I feel mm-hmm. like the the power and weight differential is is far lower. Um. And yeah, I just, I just, I really want, like, again, he trains at Team Fearless, like, I know, a lot of UK-based fighters who go overseas, Leon has always trained at Team Fearless, and um, I forget the name of the other gym. There's another gym in Birmingham, they've come, kind of, like, i got two, where they bounce between the two. And he trains with like, some absolute beasts, like Jake Hadley, who's a, a future UFC fighter. Like, it'd be good to put Britain on the map. And, as I say, considering everything he's been through, like, I'm just, I'm, I, again, I don't root for fighters, because Bilal could come through and put together an amazing performance but I just want to see Leon remind everyone why he's in the UFC
0: yeah and on that note as we look forward to uh, Angela Hodor's fight <laughs> Angela. <laughs> I'm naming the episode that I hope you know that um, we'll, uh, we'll leave it we're there we're going to get some absolute
1: madness from <laughs> we'll
0: be back next week uh, hopefully talking about an absolute banger of a fight between Misha Serkinov and Ryan Spar <laughs> the people's main event Right. We'll see ya. Peace.